Now you may be thinking, what? Why did they spend? Why did they leave the Christmas up and all the colored lights? Didn't we have time to take them down? We actually did have time to take them down. But I told Colin. Colin does so much of the of the scene, the, the backgrounds, and Colin and Kim, and others that help them. They have a team. But you know, I said, you know, I want to do this one more Sunday, because if we don't have more of Christ in 2020, we're in trouble. As a church, as a body of believers, we need more of Christ. And next year, we've been told we need to market this nationally. So you might see Christ Moss all over the country. Wouldn't that be cool? Because we're going to change the, the way people perceive Christmas. But it's Christ. It's more of Christ. So we need more of Christ this next year to walk the walk, to stay the course, to, to be bolder, to pray more boldly, to, to step into the things of God, to, to do the greater works that God's called us to, to pray for the sick, to raise the dead, to, to cast out demons. God's called us to do all those things. He didn't call just a few people. He called all of us to do that. So we need the boldness, but so we have to decrease so that He can increase in our life. And that way, you know, you're not depending on you anymore. You're depending on Him. So that's why we need more of Christ in our life. So this morning, uh, well, a few weeks ago, one of the prophetic voices in our church, my wife, who is uh, having a birthday today, she told me not to tell anybody. So I just retract that statement. I didn't say it. So that uh, just rewind, cut it out of the live stream. And then one of my other favorite people in the world is here today. And it's her birthday, and that's Susan Lawson. Hi, Sue. Come on, stand up. Come on. Y'all, she, y'all don't even know what all this lady does. Got to give kudos to her, too. Uh, she bothers me a lot. She comes to my office and always, man, just hanging out with me and said, what do you need, Pastor? And she's always trying to help me. And I'm, what are you doing in here? She sneaks up on me. She can sneak up on you, you know, because you turn around, you don't see her. And then she's like, I'm right here, Pastor. She is a staple here. So, love her. I love you a lot more. <laughs> Forty. We're on. Our, we're starting our. We're working on our forty-eighth year of marriage. So, uh, we've known each other way longer than we didn't know each other. That's the truth. And we're still with each other. We like each other. Love each other. So, they, she. She was the one that said, Pastor. I've asked the praise team this morning, so they've already heard this because Colin said, "Give it a preview." Um, have you ever just one day you're you're thinking, where's so and so? I haven't seen them in church in a while. Anybody ever do that? You're the people you're going. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> but you just kind of go, what's happened to so and so? And and it comes to your mind. And so the Lord the Lord prompts us to do those things. And He says, well, if you're missing them, I'm missing them. So you might want to text them. You might want to call them. You might want to go by and see them. You might want to, and guess what he does a lot of times? He prepares little run-ins at Walmart. You know, you're thinking about somebody you haven't seen in a while, you run into them, and then they start to tell you, well, there's been sickness in our family, or we've been out of town, or I lost my job, and you start hearing their stories. But, you know, just all of a sudden you, forget, you miss people. And she said, you know, there's so many people that we know, our friends that have just, they didn't stay the course. You know what it means to stay the course? Do you really know what it means to stay the course? Let me let me tell you what it means. To stay the course means it's it's a it's a phrase used in the context of a war or a battle. It means to pursue a goal regardless of any obstacles or criticism. 
pursue a goal with no matter what the, the obstacles are, no matter what the criticism. That's one definition. It also means to continue to do something until it's finished or until you've achieved something you plan to do. How many of you have got honeydew lists? Now you've got lists in your mind of things that you wanted to get done last year and they're still not done this year. Anybody? Come on. Wives, wait. Raise your hands. Oh, how many of y'all have a honeydew list, men? How many of you have a honeydew list? Your wife has given you a, a list to do, and she thinks it's good if she just calls you, Honey, would you please do this? But, you know, women, we don't give them a honeydew list, do we? We love them too much. <laughs> but maybe there's some things that you didn't complete last year, and so this year your purpose in your heart, I'm going I'm to complete that. Uh, God wants us to be people that keep our word and we finish things that we start. Stay the course also means to persevere with much determination. So I'm going to ask you this. Did you stay the course in 2019? I'm talking about your spiritual walk. Don't answer out loud, but did you stay the course in 2019? Or did you wander off the course once, in or, once or twice maybe? You got off track. But the, the greater question is, if you did get off track, did you get back on track? Because guys, His mercies are new. When? Every day, every morning. You woke up this morning, cha-ching, new mercies. Isn't that an awesome God that we can say His mercies are new every morning? I screwed up yesterday. He said, mercy, mercies are new today. Grab hold of His mercies. I'm, I'm glad we go to the throne room of grace, not the throne room of judgment. Because we all, we don't all, we're not all perfect. I know a few of you think you are, but I know your wives and they'll tell me that He is not perfect. His mercies are new every day. We are new creations in Christ. So we need to grab hold of the new in Jesus Christ today. So we're going to complete the Christ Moss series today. And we're going to complete it by going to one of the stories that most of the people combine with, with the angels, and that's the wise men. And they combine it with the shepherds. That's a, but we can't do that. Y'all know my feelings on that. We're not, they weren't there. They weren't at the manger. So that's why we don't, we don't do that nativity thing at our house. We don't put the wise men with the shepherds. They weren't there. I'll show you in Scripture that they weren't there. But I want you to see these men, these, these kings, or these magi, or these uh, uh, astrologers, or scholars, whatever, you want to, whatever commentary you want to read, which, whichever thing that they want to call them, we can call them wise men, which is what this Scripture says, this version says, and the New King James calls them wise men. But we're going to see that these wise men had a, a pursuit to find Jesus Christ and that they stayed the course even when there was a distractions in their, in, in their going, in their journey. So that's what I want you to turn to is Matthew chapter 2. We're going to be reading from the King James. We're going to just read 12 verses this morning. And we're going to talk about how the course, that, that, that they stayed the course and how this relates to us in 2020, the year of plenty. Is that good? 2020, come on, say that. 2020, the year of plenty. Why is it the year of plenty? Because our God gives us more than we can ask or imagine. He is the God of abundance. He's the God of the more than enough. That's not me saying that. That's His Word saying that. And His Word is true. So if you want to go through this year without enough or without just barely getting by, well, guess what? You can do that. But I, I think you need to make a declaration today that 2020 is the year of plenty. It's not only the year of perfect vision because 2020, that's kind of an easy one to figure out. But you've got to find a rhyme with 20 and plenty rhymes with 20. 
Matthew 2, verse 1 and 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now for, the first thing is that we don't know where they came from except from the east. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of speculation of what country they came from, probably from Babylon because where Daniel was there and he probably shared with them about the prophetic word. We, that's just speculation though. The Bible doesn't tell us all the details. God doesn't want us to know all these details. We try to figure them out ourselves, but God said that's not important. He said what is important is somebody seeking my son. That's what he's saying. Somebody's seeking my son. These are wise men that they're, 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 captivated by the prophetic word that there's there's a king being born and you need to go find the king that that had to come from god they didn't just wake up one day and say hey guys i saw a star i don't know what that star is about let's just go see where that star is leading us no they had a purpose they had a destiny they had something that they were that it was ingrained in that a course that was laid out for them say the course laid out see every one of us have a course laid out for us we all have a goal. Our goal is to go after Jesus. We've been preaching the kingdom for months and months and months and months. Seek ye first the what? The kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. So we have to go after Him with everything. That's what we sang about this morning. Stay. Get into His presence. The course has been laid out. First Peter 2.9. Listen, this is, this is speaking to us. But you are a chosen generation. Say, I'm a chosen generation. You are. It's not, oh, that's, that sounds good. No, we are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. Say, I'm a royal priesthood. See, we don't have to go through a priest because we are priests. Then we go to the high priest, which is Jesus Christ. We are a royal priesthood, Paul says. All right, man, Peter says this. And then it says, we are a holy nation. Listen, we are, listen, when you talk about America, he's not talking about America here. We are a holy nation. The church is a holy nation. The body of Christ is a holy nation. We are the temple of God and we, we are building stones together. We make up the nation. We are first and foremost, we are citizens of heaven before we're citizens of any other country. We are a holy nation. His own special people. Look at, look at, if you have a pocket mirror, just take it out and go, man, I'm special. Or look at your neighbor and say, you're special. Both sides. You got to get them both sides. I know that's awkward sometimes. Because you're looking to your left and the person on the other side is looking to their left. And you try to tell them you're special, but they're looking to the person to their other side and they're saying they're special. Right? Kind of confusing sometimes. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. He's confusing us. Deep thoughts. <laughs> you're special. That God says that. He says, we're unique. I'm, the old King James just said, there was a scripture that says, we're a peculiar people. I never did like that one. I like unique better. But we are kind of peculiar. Or we should be. We should stand out. We shouldn't look like the world. But sometimes we look more like the world than we look like Jesus. He says, we are His own special people. And that you may proclaim, that's us, we may proclaim the praises of Him who called us out of darkness into His mar marvelous light. We are called to praise Him. We've, he's called us out of darkness. He's called us out of sin. He's called us into the light. He's, he's raised us from the dead, so to speak, because we were dead in our trespasses, and now we are alive in Christ. The light has come into us, and we're supposed to be the light that shines out in the world. We're supposed to affect the people around us. So we're going after that. We're going after Jesus as long as we're in a presence. We're going to shine better when we're in His presence. This is the yes people up here. I like that. Yes, yes. We've all been called to run a race. 
to proclaim the good news, to be witnesses of Jesus, of Jesus. And our course should be very clear. A lot of people go, well, I just don't know what the will of God is for my life. This is the will of God for your life. Don't make it complicated. He said to shine. Let your, let your good works cause other people to see Him. Please Him in everything you do. That's His will for us is to please Him. To bring glory to Him, not shame to Him. All the other things, all the other details, God's interested in those too. But first and foremost, He wants you to surrender to Him and be a light. To be a light. Then He says, seek first the kingdom of God. And then there's, a, there's another passage that says to ask and to seek and to knock. But when you, t- when, you de- when you delve into that passage, what He's saying is keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. It's an everyday experience. It's a one day at a time Jesus. Some of us, we want to live six months at a time for Jesus. He said, all you got's today. Are you going to live for me today? Well, I'm going to live for him tomorrow. No, he wants you to live for him today. And then tomorrow when you wake up, you say, hey, his mercies are new today. I'm going to live for you today. And you make just like that video. Many of you weren't here because it was at, it was at 10 o'clock. We had a video that says, make every day intentional. Every day Intentional. Be intentional about being on time. (laughs) Move right along. Verse 3. See, I'll just transition right into verse 3. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. I want you to to know, so I'm going to share a little tidbit with you. Other people may not be as passionate about your pursuit of Jesus as you are. (laughs) Can I get a witness? Look what he says there. When Herod the king, listen, Herod was not a good guy. He was one of the meanest, cruelest kings that ever lived. He killed his own family, killed his own wife, killed his kids. He killed anybody that didn't agree with him. He wanted to be top notch. He wanted to be the final say. So he was the king of, he thought he was the king of kings. And so when, when these wise men come and say, we're looking for the king, the king of the Jews, guess what? He's going, I'm the king. There ain't no other authority here but me. And so, he didn't share the same passionate pursuit of Jesus that the wise men did. And it says, all oh, Jerusalem, they're also troubled. Why was Jerusalem troubled? They should have been making them shout for joy because Jerusalem was ruled by these Pharisees and Sadducees, this government, the Sanhedrin. And man, they had it all together. And they were the wealthy people of the world. And they were the wealthy people of the Jewish, of the, of the Jewish faith. And, and they controlled all the Jewish people. And they did not want to lose control. So when you talk about a new, new kid on the block, a new king coming into town, oh man, they weren't, they weren't so happy about that. They were troubled by that. Herod was troubled by that because somebody else was coming on the scene that they didn't agree with and they didn't want to steal their thunder. Listen, one of the fastest ways to get off your course of your pursuit of Christ is to allow people to come into your life that don't have the same pursuit. Because they will not, they will do everything they can to get you off track. They will. You know it. And they'll do it in sneaky ways, deceitful ways, lie behind your back kind of ways. And, and listen, when you start listening to that, you're going to be in trouble. You, all of a sudden, your walk won't be the walk that it started out to be. You started out through that straight and narrow gate. Now you all of a sudden, you say, oh, well, but they said this was okay. Oh, this is okay. That's okay. Well, let's do this. I'm, I used to do that. I didn't feel good about that. Oh, that's okay. You got grace. Come on, let's go. And they'll start bending you. They'll start leading you away. Because they don't have the same pursuit. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Most of you know this. Don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. 
Another, another translation says good morals. And I know you've heard me say this many times before, but I'll say it again. If you're hanging out with people that are bringing corruption into your life that are evil people, guess what you need to do? Bye-bye. I'll pray for you. I love you, but I cannot associate with you. I can't hang out with you anymore if all you want to do is, is put down my Savior. If all you want me to do is try to drag me away from my faith. You need to disassociate from those people in a loving way. Pastor, he's sitting right beside me. Maybe. Oh, she's sitting beside me. Maybe. I know that's a hard word. Nobody likes to hear that stuff. Oh, but Pastor, I'll win them over. Really? Who's, who's winning the battle, the tug of war there? Are you doing more things like they want you to do, or are you doing more things like God wants you to do? I know that that's not popular. It didn't fly well, so we'll just move right on. Verse 4, And when he, this is Herod, this mean king, had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. In other words, the Messiah is coming, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Saying the course will happen only when your heart's in it. Do y'all hear me? You're only going to stay the course if your heart's in it. Their hearts weren't in it. They knew the Scripture. Did you know I know people that know Scripture that don't know Jesus? They can quote it better than me. They don't know Jesus. So you can know the Word. You can have all this head knowledge. Man, you, you, can, you can go to church every Sunday. You, you, can, you can do a lot of things that look religious and not know Jesus in your heart. You know how the best way to tell people apart like that? And I'm not saying we are to judge people in that sense because God's given us a discernment. Okay? Because if we didn't judge people, then we would hang out with everybody and we wouldn't, we'd allow the evil people to come into our life. So listen, everybody says, well, you're not supposed to judge him. And that's not true. He says the way you judge people, you're going to be judged the same way. So that's what you're going to be cautious of. But we can make, we make judgments all the time. And I think about that church last week. Then I made a judgment of a man coming in in a trench coat. And if they had some discernment, maybe two people wouldn't be dead. I'm so thankful for our team. Listen, I just kind of get a little side note here. I, I thought about this earlier. We want you to be protected when you come here. I, I feel like we're probably one of the best protected bodies of believers in San Angelo. When you drive up here on a Sunday morning and you see a police car out there with a the light flashing and a police officer in the middle of the, in the, middle of the street, you might want to check out some other place if you're thinking about bringing havoc into a place. But we also have a safety team here. And they're alert. They're awake. So when you walk in, if they've mistakenly don't know you and you're new, new or you may be not new, and you've got, a, you've got a backpack or you've got a long coat on and you're trying to, you know, you're covering, don't be offended if they ask to look inside. Okay? Is that okay with y'all? If you've got a big, massive purse, they can hold a rifle. Oh, it's just my purse. Don't be offended if they ask to check it. I've been every football game I've gone to in the last few years. Man, they check everything, you know. They run me through a metal detector. 
So don't be offended. We're, they're just looking out for your safety. Now, where was I? Staying the course will only happen when your heart's in it. Isn't it funny that Jesus chose Jewish shepherds, the lowest of the low, and kingly scholars that were Gentiles to bring the message to? And the scribes and the Pharisees missed it. Listen, guys, I am not a I'm not for religion. I'm not for religion unless it's in the purest form, like mentioned in James when we take care of what is in orphans. That's the religion I'm interested in. But when it comes to rituals and the do's and the don'ts and all this that, that don't include the uh, uh, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm for that. I'm for the personal relationship, knowing Him personally in my life, where the Word of God comes alive. Verse 7, Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, he was a pretty shrewd guy, wasn't he? He determined from them what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. When you found him, bring back word to me that... I may come and worship him also. See, he is a great representative of Satan. He looks a lot like Satan because Satan will try to trick you and he will say the greatest things and the, most, the kindest things and the most, ooh, that sounds good, that sounds right, and he will try to get in your head. You understand what I'm saying? Just like Herod did to the, to the wise men. See, the wise men actually believed him. They believed the lie. We don't have any reason to believe that they believed anything else because they were like, okay, I mean, he's the king. He said, let's go, go find that. Go find the king for us. Go find it. I want to, I want to worship him. See, Satan is, he masquerades as an angel of light. That's scripture. He comes and he looks good. He smells good. He tastes good. He feels good, but he ain't good. He's evil to the core. He's deceitful. He's the father of lies. All he knows to do is lie to you. But guess what? Sometimes we listen. Sometimes we fall for it. Sometimes we take the bait. Or is it just me? Anybody ever been deceived and took, it, took what he said as, as truth? Because that's how he works. That's why we have to be on guard. That's why we have to have our, our spiritual armor on. That's why we have to have a discerning spirit. That's why we have to have our spiritual eyes open and our spiritual ears open if we're going to stay the course in 2020. Verse 9, When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Now, think about this. And, and I'm just, this is think, me thinking. They were following the star. They came to Jerusalem. But it says, in a sense, the star went away. Because now the star reappeared. Isn't that what you see there in Scripture? So I'm just wondering if they would have just kept following the star if they had gone right straight to Bethlehem. Don't we get our eyes off the prize sometimes? We get our eyes off the prize and all of a sudden we find ourselves asking advice from somebody that, ooh, they're not going to give you good advice. That's why you need to have godly counsel. We need to keep our eyes on the prize, even when distraction comes, even when the enemy tries to seduce you off course. You know what you need to do, Lindsay? Get back on your camel. Okay, guys, we met the king. He said, go find the baby Jesus, and then he would come and worship him. Uh, okay, let's go. 
They were distracted. They kind of got lied to, or they got lied to. But yet, they kept their eye on the prize. They still weren't going to let that deter them from going after Jesus, were they? So they got back on their camels or their horses or whatever they were riding in the carriage. <laughs> it's a caravan. Listen, they said probably back then when they traveled, it was hundreds of people coming together. Man, it was like a, that's why the rumors were spreading throughout Jerusalem. Can you imagine? We just think there are three because we got the song or we got the three gifts, but there are probably many of them. And they're traveling all this way. And they're, man, they're following the star. All of a sudden, they don't see the star. And they decide, well, well let's go find out a better way to find Jesus. And, but when they finally get back on their camels, when the caravan hooks back up again, and they say, okay, guys, let's go. Then it says, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Throughout the word, God gives us example after example of people that were following, that were going after, that fell. They were seeking God, they were serving God, and they fell. Moses failed, David failed, Peter failed. We have story after story after story of those who failed. But you know what they didn't do? They didn't stay failures. They didn't stay down. David repented, Moses repented, Peter repented, and they got back on their camels and they said, Okay, we're back on our course. See, some of you this morning, you need to hear this because you feel like last year you got off course. And it might have been through a, a relationship. It might have been because you lost your job. It might have been because of a health reason. It might have been because you just flat quit hearing from God because you quit getting in His Word. You quit praying. You quit coming to church. And all of a sudden, God says, Listen, get back on your camel. Come continue to seek me. When you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. But also throughout the word, listen, it's not all about the failures and the people that got back on their camels. There were others that were beaten and tortured and all these manner of things happened to them and they did not get off course. They stayed the course. That's who God's looking for today. He's wanting when he says when he comes back, he's looking for people of faith. And I think next week I'm going to be preaching on Hebrews chapter 11 because it's about people of faith and their encounters with God that kept them going. So what, is, what keeps us going on this course? What, what is going to keep us on that course that follows after Christ? Listen, there's a great scripture. Paul writes this to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.12. Listen to this. Underline it. Highlight it in your Bible. This is what Paul says. For this reason, I also suffer many things. These things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have believed. Listen to what else he says. And I'm persuaded. Say, I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded that he is able. Say, he is able. To keep that which I've committed to him to this day. In other words, he said, I am trusting God. He is trustworthy. I've committed my life to him. And he is going to see me through to the end. He started a good work in me. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to finish it. But all he's asking us to do is stay faithful, stay the course, don't wander off, don't listen to the enemy, don't engage with people that are against God, stay with the people of God, come to church, be, in, be faithful to be in, uh, an, in the assembly of the believers of God, be faithful in your prayer life, be faithful in reading your word, be faithful in sharing the gospel. That's what he's called us to, that is the course that he's laid out for all of us. I know it's your birthday and you don't want me to say much about you. But listen. (laughs) 
I was so blessed. You know, we've, we've got a, a Keurig. Anybody ever have fights with your Keurig? Well, it's, I know, it's, it's a Cuisinart or a Cuisinart or a quiz in art. I don't know. It's French for it breaks down. <laughs> anyway, our Cuisinart, which we, we like our coffee, it said descale. Time to descale it. And I said, this is not a fish. I don't know why we're going to scale it. So, descale it. So Mary Lou does the, the deal with the vinegar, you know. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Run the vinegar through it, and you think, ooh, that's not going to make my coffee taste good. Anyway, that didn't, she did all that, and it says, descale. So she goes to BB and B, and she gets the official descaling liquid. She runs that through it, and it's, she gets all done. She push it, turn it on, descale. <laughs> so it's not descaling, so we got scales in our coffee. <laughs> Tastes all right to me. So she calls yesterday, because I go to the BB&B, and they tell me, well, it's past the, their warranty coverage, but the company will warrant it. You'll call them. So she calls him. And I keep hearing her. She's got, how many of you ever gotten been put on, call, on waiting, you, on the wait list? We will be with you in 43 days. <laughs> and I, okay. I'll keep it plugged into the charger, because I don't want to miss them. But it was like, your call is important to us, so please stay on the line. <laughs> and I kept hearing that throughout the house as I was doing whatever I was doing. Your call is important. I said, it's not that important. Or you would have answered it 20 minutes ago. And it was like 25, 28 minutes. I don't know. I said, are you still listening? Are you still waiting? She said, yeah, I'm still waiting. So this lady comes on the phone. Can I help you? Mary Lou? I can hear my wife in the other, other room. She's like, Happy New Year! I'm like, Happy New Year! She just put you on over 28 minutes. We're in 2021 now. You know? Happy New Year. God bless you. How's your day going? Anyway. Mary Lou tells her what's happened. Well, she's done everything I just told you. And she said, well, we're just going to send you a new Cuisinart. And we're going to pay the shipping. And Mary Lou said, well, that's awesome. Thank you. You've you're been a real blessing. He said, oh, no, you're... And, and I'm making this up because I just heard it from my side of it. But Mary Lou starts talking to her about her life. Of course she does. And she said, you know, this is every day is important every day. She said, cherish every moment. And she said, oh, yes, ma'am. She said, I almost lost my son this year. Mary Lou said, what happened? She said, well, he went to a party and he was shot five times. Now, this is in Tampa. This is where she found out she lives. So Mary Lou got to minister to her, and the lady's a believer. She loved Jesus. And I just heard my wife minister, and I said, pray for her. <laughs> like she wouldn't pray for her, you know. I'm the pastor. Pray, pray for her. <laughs> I don't even know if she heard me. Anyway, I heard her. Can I, can I pray for you? <laughs> she said, yes, ma'am. And I heard my wife just pray this prayer over her and bless her. And she got to hear the miracle story of how God kept her son alive, how as, he, as his spirit was leaving his body, because he was shot, one shot went through his lungs. As his spirit was leaving his body, he knew enough in his, in his spirit to pray and ask God to forgive him and to come into his life. He did that. And his spirit, whew, the spirit of God just came and filled him and saved his life. 
so they were exchanging all these niceties. And I said, you know, we've got to be alert to those things. Because she could have just said, ma'am, it's taking you so long. What? I need help with my Cuisinart. Here's the other thing. That lady had just gotten off the phone with an irate customer. I hope it wasn't any of you. <laughs> just made her feel like this. She said, I thought, man, I'm just going to quit this job. I can't take this anymore. And the next caller was mirror, mirror. Guys, opportunities are there for all of us. When's the last time you just don't call waiting? When they finally got to the line, you said, man, I just want to bless you today. And your, your, your job is probably not the easiest job. Can I pray for you? Listen, most everybody will say, yes, pray for me. <laughs> I got a quota to meet. Pray for me. Listen, they'll, they'll, you can engage them. We'll probably never see her again. You know, they exchange like websites. And she told her about our church. And, which leads me to this. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with a great joy. Exceedingly great joy. Say exceedingly. Because this is what I want to impart to you today. This coming year, there should be a joy in our journey. There should be a joy in our step, Reuben. I don't care what you're going through. Listen, we the joy of the Lord is our strength. They got back on their camels. They saw the star and they said, Oh, man, we're, we're on the right track. After all, the star is still here. And, and we're going to follow this star. And I know that a lot of people say it's like three stars or three planets lined up and all that. I don't care about all that. I think God can make a star that's a huge star and He can make it come down to a little star and they're following this little star. And you know, I, I just think God can do that. Why do we have to figure it all out? God just... Here is it. Follow me. Come on, guys. I'm taking a left here. We're going down this valley, up this mountain. Okay. I'd follow it. Should be joy in our journey. If there's anybody that stayed the course, who gave us the greatest example is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, that could be the great saints of old, it could be angels, I don't know. We're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. He says, Let us lay aside, what? Every weight. And what? The sin, which does what? Easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The course that is set before us. Say the course. It's set before you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who, listen to this church, for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. I say this many times, we are the joy that was set before Him. When He was on the cross, He saw you, He saw you, He saw you, He saw you, He saw us in all of our sin. He said, man, Father, this hurts, but that helps to see them, what they're going to do in their life, that they're going to come to me. They're going to come to you, Father, through me because of what I've, what the price that I'm paying. Says for the joy, it was a joy set before Him. The cross wasn't joyful. As a matter of fact, He said, Father, if, it, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not my will. Your will be done because I know that what you've called me to do is to save the world. And so there was a joy even in the journey of the cross. And it says that He endured the cross, despising the shame, and He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
See, this joy, this, this, this course that you're on can either be a joy or a burden. It's your choice. Say, it's my choice. You can wake up in the morning and go, woe is me, or you can wake up in the morning and say, wow is God. You can. That's your choice. You can say, oh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough week. And you say, man, God, with your, with you and with me and for me, this is going to be an awesome week. You can say 2020, I hope 2020 is better than 2019. Or you say 2020 is going to be better than 2019 because this is new and God is new and He's made me new. It's however you want to look at it. There's a joy or it can be a burden. You know, they always saying you can, you can be given lemons or you can make, take the lemons and make lemonade. You can be sour-faced, you can go, ooh, that was refreshing. And the setbacks that you are going to come across this, past, this next year, they can either be, a, they can be something that will get you off course, or they can be something that you learn from and you grow from. Man, we, we've gone through some times, I mean, in ministry in the last 20 years. I remember one of the first things Ron said after we had gone through a really bad ordeal, and, and this was many, many years ago, so most of you don't know about it, but we went through a really bad ordeal, and, and we came out on the other side, and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we did that. I can't believe that decision. And Ron said, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to learn from it, or are you just going to look back and go, oh, we made a bad decision? So you need to learn from it. What do you do different now? What wisdom did God instill in you from going through that mistake, that wrong choice? You with me? When you get off track, you can either give up or you can get back on track. The last thing. Verse 11. And when they had come into the house, oh, guys, can you just put yourself in their place for just a minute? When they come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. What did they set out to do? What was their goal? To worship the king. That was their, when they said, Herod, we've, we've come to find the Christ child so we can worship him. Worship is important to God. It's huge with God. They came to the house. They didn't come to the manger. They came into the house. Joseph, probably out working. Don't know. Just don't know. But Mary was there with her child. Little toddler. <laughs> you see, Jesus is a toddler cutest kid man on the block you know and they came in and they saw a toddler he might have been 18 months old he might have been 2 years old we don't know and here are these men with fancy robes and maybe some crowns on their heads I don't know these awesome fancy gifts you know gold and frankincense and myrrh which had great significance and here are these adults <laughs> see we, we just think oh that's a cute story no these are adults that have traveled and traveled and traveled hundreds of miles possibly, given up their life and left their families to come out on this journey to seek the Christ child. And they, and they fell down and worshipped Him. And they opened their gifts to Him. To a little boy, a little toddler. And so we found, we found the King. We found the King. See, when we worship God, you know what He wants from us? To give ourselves to Him. We're the greatest gift we can give God is ourselves. And then he says once he's, you've given yourself to him, you know what he does? He reciprocates and gives us gifts. Isn't that amazing? And then he says, now I've given you gifts. I want you to give those back to me in the form of 
worship, in the form of healing, in the form of salvation. I want you to use the gifts that I've given you to bring honor and glory to my name. That's what he said to do. So we come in and we worship him. If you're going to stay the course this coming year, listen, worship has got to become a priority in your life. And I'm not talking about Sunday morning worship. I'm talking about worship as a lifestyle. You know, the one of the easiest ways you can tra- change those things in your, in your heart is to change the things you listen to and you watch. You, you might like classic rock, but I'm telling you, Air One is better than classic rock. I'm talking about Caleb is better because it co- constantly focuses on Jesus Christ. And I know you're going to go here, oh man, I like my Led Zeppelin bastard. Well, did Led Zeppelin ever lead anybody to Jesus? I don't think so. Maybe. Kanye West has figured it out. Praise God. But before that, what was he doing? He was leading people as far away from Jesus as he could. But he's on track. And we need to pray that he stays the course. Because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come in and advise him that this is a bad career move. Stay the course. Kanye, we pray for you right now. That you stay the course. That you listen to godly counsel. I lied. I said that was the last thing. I got one more thing. Starting out the year line. <laughs> Forgive me. I'm getting back on track. Because when we come into His presence, it calls for us to worship Him. What have you offered the King today? Have you given Him yourself? In the last verse, verse 12. Got to have this verse in there. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Staying the course will involve hearing God's voice and obeying Him. They could have said, that was a pizza dream. Are you kidding? No. God said, don't go back that way. Because he's a liar. He wants to kill baby Jesus. As a matter of fact, he wants to kill you guys. I don't think they would have ever got out of, Beth- out, of, out of Jerusalem if they'd have gone back. He wanted to squelch any rumor, any thought that, that, that they'd seen the real Christ child. See, when we're staying the course, church, it may involve us having to change some directions that we go as we listen to the Holy Spirit, as He directs your steps. You know, you can make your plans, the Bible says, but He will direct your steps. So we have to be careful that when we hear the dream or we see the vision or we hear the still, small voice of God, He speaks to us in so many ways, church. He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through messengers. He speaks to us through, through Bible teachings. He, he, he speaks to us through the deliverance class. He, he's through the Torah study. He speaks to us all the time. He, we just have to be listening. And as we listen, He may say, no, that's not the job for you. Okay, God, because he don't want, he's, he's trying to set you up for success, not failure. Stay the course. Listen to His voice. Be prepared to go a different way. He says to go a different way. And let God save you a lot of heartache and a lot of troubles by listening and obeying Him. A new year is before us all. Are you ready to pursue Jesus like you've never pursued Him before? Can I have the ministry team come? And, and I really... I want everybody to stay to the end if it's at all possible. Unless there's an emergency. 
because really, we want to do something after the ministry time. But I, I really want to have a real, genuine call for salvations this morning, rededications, recommitments. You can call it a resolution. I don't care what you call it. Just do it. If God, God said you've been walking, you've, you strayed from the course, don't let the enemy whisper in your, it's okay, you'll get back there next week. No, today is your day. This is the day that he's appointed for us to step into our the course he's laid out for us and not to waver. And if we have to repent and get back on course, get back on the, the camel, get back on your get back where you're where you know you're supposed to be in serving Christ. Get back to the place saying, you know what? It, I'm not I want to I'm not going to miss church this year unless I just absolutely have to. Unless there's a vacation or something, I'm, I want to be there. I want to be in the midst of God's what God is doing at Freedom Fellowship. I want to be wherever He's called you to be. Where may you may not even live here, but you'll be in your church. You'll be in your place. You'll be serving because this is a great year before us, and we don't know how much time we have left, church. We just don't know. But He wants to find us faithful. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Colin's going to lead us. In a song, I know we don't, we haven't done this in a long time, but as we are singing this song, if you are wanting to get saved this morning, if this is your day to be saved, which it is, because today is the day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus, we want to pray for you. If this is the day when you said, "I want to get back on track," and God has already been pressed upon you through this message, get back on track. I want you to come and tell somebody this morning. Just come and say, "I want to get back on track." I want to stay the course in 2020. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Come on, bow your heads. Father, we thank you this morning for your presence. And Father, we look to the youth for this guidance for this, this coming year that we will not turn from the right or left, but we will keep our eyes fixed upon the prize, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray.